Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first? Learn more at westmonroe.com. Like the video game that this podcast is about to cover, this is not our first attempt at recording this podcast. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, that is how we have to open. That's yeah, it. Yeah, of course. We're yeah. hot. This Speaking of Hades, we're hot, baby. Coming in real hot. Just so, like yeah, the afterlife, motherfuckers. Full reveal. We recorded roughly 15 minutes of this podcast, then much like a roguelike. Died. Had <laughs> <laughs> to start over. It was. I think it was one of my favorite things too, because it began with "Should I be recording?" <laughs> which, which is my all-time favorite question. Because sure, great bit. We're all asshole comedians. Nope, that wasn't a bit. Question. <laughs> Should I have my microphone on and be engaged in the conversation? <laughs> Yeah, what, Adam? I, I didn't it. know. I've only been it. doing this podcasting thing for a little bit. I, I don't even you know what. Me? Yeah, I don't know what got over you today. I really don't. You're working. They're working you real hard at the video game mines over there. <laughs> anyway, yeah. this is half a bit that's only funny if you lived through our experience. So let's get on with another episode of One Upsmanship. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Swaim. I'm another of your hosts, Adam Ganser. And you know what? Go for it, Kevin. Just I, I just feel that you want to do it. it. Can't I, you feel that he wants to just declare himself a third host? You can f- hear it. And I'm the permanent third host of One Upsmanship <laughs> going forward. My name is Kevin Anderson, and I'm here to say that it's fun to rap about games in every way. <laughs> oh, boy. Nope. Yeah, that nope. was on his audition tape, and we were like, signed up. New format, <laughs> I we guess. Got it. They're like, oh, yeah. I guess we'll throw him the indie episode. Who cares? <laughs> So the rants are now, yeah, flighting, if you've played AC Valhalla, uh, battle rap, freestyle, ciphers. Oh, yes, I heard intense. about that. I'm very excited to hear I about that. I thought that was a weird inclusion in that game. Anyway, I, I don't want to get <laughs> anyway, way off topic. No, no time for AAA <laughs> Yeah, we don't have time for that. Yeah, because I get it. 
as our guest, <laughs> the very talented and lovely Mr. Kevin Anderson pointed out, we're discussing an indie game, which I always like to uh, underline because there's a chance you may not have played it or heard of it, and that's really cool. Uh, and we don't often cover indie games, although we have more so lately. And I thank Adam for that. But this is one that there was no question we would cover because it's one of those few indie games that really broke through and seemed to have a moment. Would you say that's fair to say for the second time, Adam? (laughs) I would agree with that. And also it meets my main criteria, which is, is it a game that we could feasibly keep? At least one of us thinks it could be kept. Oh, interesting. I think that's a criteria. Like Otherwise, why are we talking about it? And I think this game is at least that good. There's few games that I know we would delete that I would cover. Like, I would cover right. Night Trap right. for the novelty of it. But right, so the, maybe there's some that we just want to yeah. have a conversation and we know we're not going to keep it, but that's very rare. Uh, this game is, I think, that good. That says a lot about it already, I would argue. That's right. And here to describe the game, for people who may be unfamiliar, which might be some of you because it is indie, uh, is, that's usually something we ask our guests to do. Kevin Anderson, are you up to the task? Can you do our speed run, sir? I, I certainly remember uh, most of the, the, the beats I hit in my first uh, attempt at the speed run. <laughs> and much like a speed runner, I didn't quite hit the mark, so I'm going back to the beginning to try to get through it yeah. as fast as possible yeah. once again. I think I can do it. Yeah. That's right. And if you're a true speedrunner, you'll just very methodically, boringly say exactly <laughs> everything you said. No joy whatsoever in yeah. my voice. No, so. dude, Joylessly reciting. Speedrunning <laughs> speed is just grinding through runs. I don't yeah. personally no get it, but that's ever the topic. Had. Yeah. No I'm fun is ever I'm had gonna, in a speedrun. I'm going to do this with the energy of somebody speedrunning Animal Crossing right now. That's what I'm going to do. Take your time for added, in for added stakes, just know that if you don't do it fast enough, Sonic dies. Oh, shit. Uh, just, yeah, just know that. All just right, know all that's right. going to happen, man. Sonic's precious little lungs are at stake. <laughs> this is the speed run, meaning we passed the checkpoint, so we'll wiggle that sound effect in somewhere and start the clock. Hades, the video game by Supergiant, is a visually striking roguelike uh, slash and punch and shoot and bash and all of the attacks that you could mast. Uh, set in a non-canonical world of Greek mythology fan fiction, where you play as Prince Zagreus, the angsty emo son of the titular Hades, uh, and also stars a rotating cast of gods and goddesses from Olympus itself, who all talk like drag queens, and help Zag fight his way to the surface to find the find the mystery of uh, where my mama be, and mend his contentious relationship with Papa Hades. It also includes uh, lots of extra B stories and a love triangle between an angry fury and a star fucking gorgon who squeeze away into the rafters whenever anyone speaks to her and it's really good <laughs> were you trying to make it rhyme yeah I, for a moment for a moment that was, like a weird, that was that was like a like a stanley kubrick performance it was like it was like we, we did all the normal takes now let's just get some weird ones you know, those unhinged going yeah. through the beats take yes yeah. love it that too. Um, I loved it. That Got kind of musical. like your first attempt in the uh, you know the most beautiful episode ever taped, which will never be heard. The first attempt at this, uh, <laughs> I think you really hit everything. Which it's quite a good speed run, honestly. It's a good speed yeah, run. I still like it. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it holds yeah. up because you know sometimes you go back and you're like, I wonder if I like Donnie Darko still, and then you don't. Like, I'm glad that <laughs> oh, this, yeah. that this holds yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, you I put think... some stank on it, but the but the basics were there. Uh, for those who may not know, roguelike, I think it's important to note, is like an emergent genre that is very popular lately. And by mm-hmm. lately, I mean in the last five to eight years or so. Defined by, and there's we could talk in depth about the difference between a roguelike and a roguelite, but they're all basically defined by the idea that you're going to have randomly generated challenges and you're going to do the same basic thing over and over and over and have to start over at the beginning of the game. Uh, it's interesting because it's how games used to be, right? Like in the arcade yeah. originally, yep. or like you Mario, would have really. to always start over. A roguelike is basically just bringing that ethos back to games, which has been lost with the advent of save points and the like. So it's like you have to start over every time you die. But but certain things change and you accrue power over time. And uh, this is one of them. And Supergiant, if you're unaware, also made, let's see, Bastion, Transistor, right. Pyre, I think that's all of them. Are there more? Yeah, I think I think Those Hades is the three fourth. Very yeah. popular indie games. Great games. Yeah. Um, okay, so that brings us to our rant section. Mm. And since I just rounded out the uh, the speed run basics, Adam, can I ask you to take the first rant? Absolutely. We'll uh, pass that checkpoint. Oh yeah. And uh, uh, Ole G will be your player one. Uh, I hate roguelikes. Uh, most things are garbage, I think. Uh, I don't enjoy them. They're not fun. This game is the first one I've ever liked uh, of this genre. I think I know why. Um, first of all, it's a good mix of sort of uh, elements that have a given emotional value. So things like it's a good mix of like button mash attacks stuff that I like from old street fighting games like Final Fight or uh, any of those sort of overheads from the arcades. It has a little bit of that nostalgic feel to it that I like. It has a little bit of Greek mythology in it, uh, but also a kind of sassy take on Greek mythology, which I like even more than just straight-up Greek mythology. So scoot over Assassin's Creed Odyssey. (laughs) Uh, It has has fun power-ups that are sort of always... There's always a unique experience to it. Um, so it's unlike games like Gradius or something from way back in the day where you get the same five power-ups. It's like, you know, there's a weird combination of power-ups that I like. And perhaps the most important thing is it is not, strictly speaking, a one-life game. It's a game where over time you sort of slowly grow more powerful at your baseline level. And I think that matters because it erases the feeling of having a pointless journey when something doesn't go your way. And that's really important, I think, for gamers who are not ready to do just like, okay, this is my one run, and until I get it perfect, the game's not over. I think that building to something and expanding your character with just very minimal RPG elements makes this game much more accessible for resistant types like me. So I really liked it. I thought it was very fun. I was I thought I was going to play it for five hours at Swaim's request. I played it for a good, I don't know, 70 hours. Um, a lot of time. Very surprised how much time I put into it. So that's my rant. Good, solid rant. I think we're now finally in uncharted territory that we did not record last take. 
<laughs> so this is exciting. I'm really excited. It's like reaching a new area we in ju- Hades. We like just new, got past Theseus and the bull for the first time, and we're like, oh, what's going on? It yeah. sticks now. This is exciting. What's this with is... those weird rats? Yeah, why, are, those why are the rats, rats the most frustrating thing in this game? I just killed a minotaur, and now a rat that oozes is going to take me out? <laughs> I don't think oh, so. Oh, for me, it's the satyrs that spit at you oh, and yeah, make they're you the worst. poisoned. That, that whole, I hate that. that. Whole yeah. poison section is the worst. <laughs> Speaking Agreed. of poison sections, Kevin, can you please now give a brief little speech? This, the classically poisoned section of this podcast. Mm, Anytime right. I speak. <laughs> the, uh, the player to rant, if you would, which is like your hot takes, your general impressions, whereas your your speed run was the nuts and bolts. Here you get to give a little of your thoughts. Absolutely. And, you know. What you actually feel about the game? I would love to. I would love nothing more than to give you my rant. Well, uh, then do. <laughs> <laughs> I shall. Uh, I'm actually in the same boat as Adam on the whole roguelike thing in terms of. Uh, uh, I never really, that was never my genre in, in as much as I don't even know that there was a difference between roguelite and roguelike. That's something I just learned moments ago. Um, the only other one I've really played and enjoyed before was Binding of Isaac, which I put an ungodly amount of hours into. Uh, but other than that, I've tried Enter the Gungeon and I've tried a few others and I was just like, eh, I can't really, kind of like what Adam, you are saying, five hours tops and then I'm like, eh, I'm done with this. Uh, but Hades, again, kind of fucking ruled. I was super into it. And I think it's due to a, uh, the story, which I found very fascinating. I thought, uh, it, it, first of all, like with all the family stuff going on, that was great, but it also made me appreciate the slow burn of a soap opera in a way that I wasn't uh, prepared for with this game. Because uh, everybody uh, is slowly revealing more stuff about their beefs with other people, their petty God v. God grievances and whatnot, and you're slowly learning more about your contentious relationship with your daddy, who is Hades, of course, and all of his bullshit. And uh, it's it's just really like the, the, the way the story develops really like roped me in to the point where uh, like I like I said sometimes these roguelikes will bore me and I'll be like ah it's the same thing over and over and I'm not really enjoying the grind so I'm probably not going to push it to the limit but I've done like 75 to 80 runs in Hades since I started playing it so far and it's been great uh, I've enjoyed it very much even though I've technically beaten the game uh, you know credits wise uh, I, I still like, no, I'll pick it up and do that when I should be working at my day job. It's great. It's on the switch. It's really easy to do that. <laughs> and I also agree that, uh, it didn't feel overly button mashy to me. Like I played most of my runs with a GameCube controller that I specially mapped out for it. And I got into this like almost smash brothers esque rhythm of like juggling attacks and learning to combo things to clear rooms as fast as possible with all the weapons. And it was just really a very satisfying experience all over. Uh, the only, the only real gripe I have with it is I want to talk to everybody that has an exclamation point over their head because I want to develop the story and get more you know stuff going on and get more available things that I can get because there's so many unlockables but they everyone talks so slow and I have to like I just like when you go from the energy of slashing through everything as fast as you can and trying to just like speed run through the game to now listening to Nick's talk in full paragraphs about how she's still not your real mom uh, like I get I get what they're going for. I get what the the appeal is, but I it only it slows down a little bit too much for me sometimes and I'm like, "Come on, I just start I I start, I read ahead and I skip through all of it really quick." But other than that, this game fucking rules. I, I was a big fan. Also, is it just me or is the voice of Hypnos one of the Animaniacs? It seems it's got to oh, be. Oh boy. I, uh, yeah. I think it's Yakko. 
Sure. I forget. I, I should know his name. I follow I him on Twitter, but I whatever. I haven't looked it up, but <laughs> you I You follow Yakko on Twitter? Well, wow. the voice of Yakko. Oh, man. I have a great respect for voice actors and No, no. I, I, I'm not industry. saying that's bad. I just like... I never. It never even occurred to me that's a thing that could happen. Uh, but of course, you're doing <laughs> to it. Follow it's the wonderful. voice of Yakko on. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, oh, yeah, I Marisa could be doing Marsh. that. Yeah. Got to get all the... Anyway. Uh, my turn, my turn. Yeah. So y'all are suckers. I have put over 300 hours into Hades. That's insane. And unhinged. I also think I hate roguelikes. So that's what (laughs) I want to talk about. Um, they just are so forcibly addicting that I am suspicious and resentful of how much joy they bring me. They bring me so much joy that it's like the way heroin brings you joy, where you're sure, surely something bad is going to happen as a result. Um, I think they, uh, they am roguelikes. Generally, I do play a lot of roguelikes and it's interesting because they either grab me and suck hundreds of hours of my time away, or I, find them in like aggressively boring like there's one that comes to mind into the breach which i very much want to like and liked certain runs but it's like adam was saying you get busted back down to zero so completely every time you reset that i just felt what am i doing i'm Mm -hmm. doing a very simple game loop over and over and over pointlessly with nothing progressing or changing or gaining and yet that is what all games are. That's what everything is, right? I don't know. I don't know that I should decry that or that there's anything wrong with, say, loving playing slot machines if it brings you joy. But when I play roguelikes, I do often feel like I'm being sucked down into some kind of psychological trick that is... Because on this show, we like to uh, flatter ourselves that we talk a lot about video games as a medium, how it actually serves interactive storytelling. And that's something I'm really interested in with Hades and games like it. Yeah. Um, Hades specifically, I'm happy to see a big win for Supergiant because I think they make great games. And I think they've made more interesting games. I think there's a lot of strong things about Hades you guys outlined that are right on, and I want to expound upon those. But I'm also interested in the fact that roguelikes are a low asset low number of assets needed type of genre. It's like a simple genre to create. You leave a lot of the work to chance in the computer. I understand it's still quite difficult to make, but not as difficult as a handcrafted story like The Last of Us Part Two or what have you. And uh, I feel sometimes a hollowness to the experience. <laughs> um, and yet I play it for 300 hours and I'm happy the whole time. So like, what sure. the fuck do I want? And yeah. that's sort of what I want to investigate. That's Ooh. my rant. Love that. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Uh, oh, my ride's on. here. <laughs> game on. <laughs> uh, so we pass it. yet another checkpoint, which in this case means we died again. I'm going to say at, at the non-existent hands of uh, floating Gorgon head paired with stalagmite that falls from the ceiling, which I just have to point out because it's not a stalactite. It's a stalagmite that falls from the ceiling. Very angry about that. Dogs you're, and cats you're, living you're together. Pandemonium. <laughs> Things are crazy. Yeah. That's, that's strange that it offends your sense of like durable fiction when a two-headed dog is a guardian you have to please with gems and shit. Three-headed, wow. sir. Wow. Forgive me, three-headed. Oh, my God. Wow. Adam it's like three simply, I simply have to walk away from this podcast. If you know, Cerebrus has three heads, classically... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You know, I saw on yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Steam the Supergiant released a statement saying they can see through their like analytics that no one was petting Cerberus and they were really upset because it it becomes apparent pretty quickly that you're not going to get a collectible by petting Cerberus, <laughs> that it's just like an Easter egg. Right. And they were like, why the fuck aren't you petting our dog, everyone? <laughs> our dog is lonely. It doesn't yeah. lead us to a fucking shrine. We, you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it's not cute. It's no Tsushima Fox. Yeah. All right. But so we're all, we're all buttered up and heated up. So let's get into it in the uh, segment we call Game On. Which is where we get to actually interrupt each other, which is, you can tell from the vibe that we love nothing more. <laughs> That's all we so love now we can just argue and talk over each other. Because I got to say, your guys' rants gave me a lot to think about. Ooh, I yeah. was very, uh, yeah, very interested in what so you're I, saying. Let me take a quick straw poll. What's, uh, yep. what's your weapon? What's your weapon? 
I like them all equally, which I understand is Coward. a minority opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think my the favorite, really it, it, it changes, but where I'm at now, like it changed like through the trajectory of the game, but where I'm at now where I've like, I could pretty much get to Hades and beat him every time fists all day. Fists is the most fun. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. I, I, okay. I, I love I, just I, punching motherfuckers. So yeah. those who haven't played, uh, you can, you do your runs. You're basically attempting to escape Hades, Tartarus or whatever you, whatever. Um, and you go from the bottom up. Uh, in the classic like Greek envisionment of hell, where you yes. can literally climb your way out start, of it. Started from the and, bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and to get here, the crew, as it were, which is just you by yourself, get to use one of six weapons. Uh, what are they? You got a gun, which is very you got a weird canonical. Gun. Yeah. Uh, Fists, you got a sword. sword. Uh, you get a you get like a bow and arrow, and then and you get arrow. the spear, which uh, spear. spoilers is the best one. And what? the shield. And the shield. I really yeah. like the shield. See, yeah. I think spear is the worst one. This yeah. is crazy. This is madness. I love the spear. Yeah, the spear but is great. T- <laughs> I think it's more interesting to talk about why, and it's something yeah. I feel like you both alluded to, which is the button mashing that doesn't feel like button mashing, or the the dance, as it were, of the Smash Brothers of it all aspect <laughs> uh, that Kevin was talking about, yeah. because. Even though, and I feel this way about Enter the Gungeon too, and I think it's one of the great strengths of a good roguelike, at least a bullet st- bullet hell roguelike or a hack and slash tons of baddies roguelike, is I didn't feel like it was random. I felt that I did demonstrably get better at the game and got into a rhythm yes. where I could be, like I love the pinned butterfly because the pinned butterfly uh, artifact gives you a whole sub game to play, which is can I beat a room without getting hit? Right. And I could beat room after room without getting hit, difficult rooms, and it's like, I got this. Like, it's not, there's very little random chance, even though there's 30 enemies on screen, it's designed so thoughtfully. Any any uh, projectile that you can counter is the same shade of pink, for example. Everything to the very thought-through detailed level is designed to make it so that this may be, I think, the best game I've ever played in terms of the action is as fast and as crisp as it could possibly be with the most enemies on screen there could possibly be, with you still feeling like it's not just random nonsense. Totally. Like, you are doing it, and it's actually a game. And I, I, I would say that's what makes it stand out from Enter the Gungeon, which I, I, would, I would say is probably the most popular roguelite until this moment. Like, I, that's, I think that's the one that everybody kind of Dead knows. Dead Cells, probably. Okay, Dead Cells, right, that's fair. Uh, but it's one of them, you know, it's like one of yeah. the big, big ones of the genre. That's what makes this game better than Enter the Gungeon is that it never feels clunky or crowded or it doesn't induce anxiety from like being overwhelming. It induces anxiety from just like, you know, requiring your reflexes to be correct and requiring you to build up skills and memory, you know, like it, like normal game stuff. Like, and there is such thing as a shitty run, which roguelikes yeah. are a staple of roguelikes, yeah. is you get mediocre runs where the boons don't shake out. Yeah. But I think the other thing that's so interesting is, Adam, you and I have talked at length before about, like, games. so many games forget that changing the fundamental way you are interacting is way more refreshing than anything else you can do. Mm-hmm. Like, Call of Duty suffers from this, where it's like, shoot at these guys in this room, now go to this room and shoot at these guys. Um 
in this game, I really felt like the boons in various combinations with the different weapons made the playthroughs so fucking different. My strategies were completely different every time. Yeah. For an it, astounding number of runs. It was I, I, easier to... Go ahead. I'm sorry, Kim, oh, I was just going to say I agree because I I got to the point where like I would start... like Because like what Swain was saying earlier is every there is a learning curve to you are getting better at the game and you're learning what kind of boons you want to get you're using the trinkets to make those gods more likely to show up so you'd be like oh if Dionysus shows up and I got fists then I can put hangover on my attack and in five hits they have five hangover so like that's the thing I'm going for this time like once you like that was something that I've never seen in a roguelike before like the ability to to kind of map out like what you want to get out of this run and like maybe you get it maybe you don't and like you said there are bad runs you're like oh all i got was shit boons from that dionysus even though i put his little fucking glass his overflowing cup of whatever the hell he's drinking moonshine uh, and and you know, but you can actually like plan your thing that you want to do with every specific weapon and it, it just made it so interesting and intricate like almost like it was on the level of like diablo but it was just like a a 15 minute long diablo run yeah. that starts over <laughs> In this beautiful animated style, which, I mean, if you've played other Supergiant games, you kind of know what it's going to look like. But uh, I think the other thing it really did that no other roguelike has done so elegantly, and everyone's mentioned this, it's not like a revelation, but the inclusion of a story that is so long and complex that hundreds of hours in, literally... I am not at the end of the dialogue chain. I There's still recorded dialogue of actors talking about whatever the fuck. Nix is still not my mom. <laughs> and she still has new shit to say about it. That's staggering. Yeah. Like the amount of work that they did put into just the sheer amount of to give you something it's such a clever way to obscure the fact that you're doing the same thing over and over again and it makes it feel like adam said i think the fact that you every run can progress story threads with various characters you've come to care about in some weird way is uh is what makes it feel like runs like enter the gungeon which is one of my favorite games doesn't have that right you you do the runs hundreds and hundreds of times you finally beat it and you get to see your character's ending but in between there is no gradation you can't advance the plot a little bit you either win the game or you start over and that's every roguelike this is the first roguelike i've ever played where they're like no 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 every time you die a little something happens yeah. you get a little treat <laughs> yeah like that is such a good idea like maybe you die in uh you know in elysium but then like you're like oh well i saw eurydice back in asphodel so that means that when i go back to to hades orpheus i'll have some new shit to say and like you just keep like you get all these little bits like i, I totally feel that it's funny too because as a person who didn't think this game needed to have a story like when i first I, the first hour and a half i didn't care about like you know I thought it was just like, here's a bunch of like clever characters that are from Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Yay, that's neat. But the fact that there is narrative there uh, is, first of all, you wouldn't expect it in this kind of game, right? This is the kind of game that is built not to do that for the most part, right? And the fact that they included it tells you that these are game designers who are thinking much bigger about what this genre can be than all their contemporaries are. Uh, they, they're thinking about like, look, what sucks about roguelikes is that you don't earn anything because every game needs to have some sense of earning or progression or else we don't care. Or it needs to be short enough that I am like fine with that tiny little loop, right? 
like mm-hmm. f- like for instance like contrast, tetris or what have like you like tetris or like like uh all those phone games right every phone game right. is basically like uh you know let's get into Two a dots, trance candy yeah. crunch yeah. whatever yeah tap, tap <laughs> the brings, cookie yeah that brings me to an important question which is when you're playing hades are you in that sort of phone game trance or are you having an active like emotional experience the way you would with you know your standard triple there game? my rant could have been as simple as that that's exactly what i was asking yeah yeah, yeah. That phone game trance, that's a great way to put it. I worry about that, and I want to bring up a a case study. Like, I wonder if it's good for the medium, because I still want the medium of video games to remain vital. And, of course, in the end, there's room enough for everyone to do everything. Like, this genre doesn't detract from other genres. But I only have so much time in life. (laughs) Yeah, and I want to know if I'm spending it wisely. Have either of you guys played Slay the Spire? Yes, a little bit. Did you... Adam, did it work on you or were you able, you were like, no. Okay. That did the same thing where I got addicted to it and spent about 90 to a hundred hours playing Slay the Spire. And I was really depressed about it because I don't consider the game good or interesting, but the, but it is in one sense, the literal game design, the mechanics of the design of the game are brilliantly, phenomenally addictive (laughs) that's it's a like it's a monument to like engrossing game design that you can't you have to go one more turn one more turn but everything else is cut rate in my opinion like the art is lackluster and everything's just like look we know we got you it's just the the loop we have the loop that's all we need let's make a million dollars off this loop and i felt really dirty after (laughs) it was finally (laughs) done with me and that's what i wonder about roguelikes is there a way to not have that that game in my head can i can we do just a very just a tiny little bit of of like just sort of fine-tuned philosophizing about this Ooh, because like that's what i'm hoping for yeah because like I think that ultimately when you take a big step back, is Destiny 2 really that different than Hades in the sense that it's creating... What the fuck are uh, you uh, talking you about? I, I think, I, think I know. I, I think I know. I think I know, but go ahead. So, so <laughs> Destiny 2, huge AAA game. It's also sort of the model for these like open world games that are subscription games that are like, we're going to see a million of them now. Ultimately, it's a gun loop, right? It's a gun and inventory management loop, right? And the way mm-hmm. that they get you interested in it again is by giving you cutscenes, tiny little cutscenes. That's what they're doing right now. They just released an expansion, and it's that's all it is. New planet, same guns, same destiny. Here's some story, right? And mm-hmm. Hades... Is uh, fundamentally, and new art assets. Yes, new, new art, art assets. assets is actually a big part of Correct. it. Correct. And Hades is fundamentally the same thing. Right now, of course, it's not the same loop, but I just mean it's a tiny little game loop that has mo- like a fun amount of uh, of variation within it and a fun amount of mm-hmm. strategy within it and a fun amount of sort of like, I'm not going to say inventory management, just sort of character building, if you will, in it. And then it rewards you with... Some, you know, some Greek mythology high school episodes when you get back to base. You know what I mean? Like, it gives you that. So let's get into that because what I think is really ingenious here is the deployment of story. And I felt that Supergiant, I think Supergiant for a long time has done really interesting things. They actually fuck with 
how can interactive media deploy story in different ways, which is really interesting. Transistor had a character that was your weapon. Your weapon was one of the main characters and the narrator of the game. Uh, they tend to do a lot of play with narrators that is very interesting. Um, but uh, like the old man in Hades, for example. But uh, in Pyre and this one, they've sort of evolved into this very like dating sim almost manga-esque doki doki literature club ass yeah. high school drama yeah, yeah. type stories that they like degrassi uh, the ancient generation yeah like if yeah if the greek uh if the pantheon of greek gods were all thirsty for each other Which but also are. really understanding and uh but also super jealous of each other together like, right. yeah. gossipy they're gossipy in so a delicious way yeah you get to those. They're gossipy, but I liked that they had modern sensibilities. Like, yeah. for example, yeah. I immediately tried to bed Dusa, the floating gorgon. Of, of, course of course you did. Right. Wouldn't, wouldn't you? Yeah. But you know what? That plot line ends with her saying no and alluding to the fact that it's kind of weird because of the power structure because she works for your dad. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a very 2020 end to that uh -huh. arc, that romance yeah. arc. And I classically, I, sure. I, I, class I probably shouldn't have been pushing. Yeah. <laughs> I classically have been trying to bed Meg because, you know, I play games, I play RPGs oh, for yeah. real, and I'm always trying yeah. to fuck something that wants nothing to do with me. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, Meg hates your guts. Oh, yeah. She's no, the hard to get. And I've never been harder yeah. i've never been i've never been more turgid right <laughs> uh i will <laughs> i will say that uh i do think they created character types that were like they they did fun new manifestations of old gods like even mm -hmm. like even hades is kind of like a like a like half glados half half ed rooney yeah. from from ferris bueller's day off you know what i mean like he's, he's like a fun mash of things uh, and so, so there's some good writing here, but like, again, on a philosophical level, is this sort of chicanery? Like, like, or is it, you know what I mean? Like, imagine, I imagine. That should be a new segment. Is this chicanery? Episode. Is this chicanery? <laughs> right. but, no, but for real, like, imagine if, for instance, you're playing two dots, right? You're playing two dots. You connect all the fucking dots and you win the goddamn screen. Wonderful. But then at the end of the screen, it's like, here's an Intel thing from Russia or something, right? And suddenly, every one of these these passwords get like, or these like screens breaks a code, and you get some narrative about a spy thing, and that's what you're doing it for. Is right. that game suddenly interesting? Well, dude, that's I mean, they're doing that more and more. Where there was just a game, uh, Pong Story Mode or whatever. They turned Pong Incredible. into a narrative Incredible. experience. Yeah. A, gritty, a gritty reboot. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. Know, they you can turn all these classic like Tetris Leather RPG pong. and shit yeah. like that. It, we've gotten to that point, and I think that's very interesting because it also strikes at a question that haunts my nightmares, which is, is there a difference between enjoying a sophisticated piece of interactive media and a rat pushing a button and getting <laughs> a pellet? Like, is yeah. there a difference? Mm. <laughs> I, I'd, like to your to, <laughs> I'd like to speak to that because, Adam, you bring up a thing that I think is, especially with the Destiny 2 comparison, because I think the only reason that I don't personally, in my experience of Hades, feel it's exactly the same. I think when I play, because I played most of this when I was working from home, so like I would turn away from 
from work when it went slow for a second, go through like Tartarus, say, and then I would be like, okay, I have to go back to work. I'm setting it down. And that's like, it's a very easy game to set down when you have any motivation to do so, whether it's professional or otherwise. If I'm not, if I'm not working, then I'm like, well, what's another couple screens? And that's where I get stuck in it. But because I was like forcing myself to segment off from it, that's how I Mm -hmm. feel like it's, it's like a, it's like a Coke, like a Coke head trying to rationalize an addiction. It's just like, well, I have to go pick up my kids from school, so I can't do Coke again right now, but I will do it when I get back. Like it's, it's that kind of, that's that kind of thing. So it's really interesting in that way of, uh, because I was forcing myself to uh, play this game while being negligent of my job duties, I didn't get that. But anytime I played it off the clock, I absolutely had a hard time stopping. So yeah, I don't know that that might that might be my personal experience of it for sure. And I think that's a valuable I think that's a valuable distinction, right? Is like some games are meant to be like your evening, and some mm-hmm. games are are built to are built to be like your train ride or your commute or whatever. Okay, but something Adam said really puts in my mind a game that I want to flag because it actually does exactly what you're describing, Adam, which is sort of prove that the mundane with the right narrative can be made very, very satisfying as a video game. And that game is Papers, Please. Have you played that? I'm aware of it. Have not played it. Okay. It's, It's a game where you do nothing but process paperwork according to an increasingly complex set of regulations like, oh, this law was passed. We're no longer allowing people from these counties to enter unless they have this visa stamp. And you literally just process paperwork and get judged on whether or not you do it correctly. And they build this elaborate narrative where you are responsible for the rise or fall of essentially the Soviet Union, right? Like for want of a nail, the kingdom was lost type shit. Right. So that's cool. uh, I guess my point is I think your hypothetical strikes as something really important and it is true. Like, yes, couldn't, don't you think? I want I, to hear your answer too. Yeah. Don't you think Tetris could be made compelling with the right story? I guess I guess games like this prove that it can. Uh, or, it, I see, I can't tell if it's like, yeah, it proves that it works or if it tells us like how much we value story enough that like, just sort of grafting a story into this experience, even if it's whether it's well or not well grafted, uh, makes it seem like it matters. Whereas these other things that like two dots without the Russian code angle is just a trance inducing time waster. Well, Uh, isn't that just philosophically interesting? Because it's like, yeah, in order to make this thing that it, you could just accept that the simple activity of doing this loop gives you joy, you have to write a story for how it's... No, it's actually important because I'm thinking about right. interesting themes and characters. Right. Let me ask you this. Do you think Destiny is at all in your veins because of the lore and the story, or is it just I, the loop? I think it's the loot and the art, really. Uh, I, I, I would like, agree. I will say that I do think that the game's story has been good. Like it's getting better every right. game in some ways, but it's like they've had six years, so it should be. You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing right now? But uh, that's something. That's something we overlook. Is gaming includes the art form of just visual iconography. Like, yeah. absolutely, an aspect of gaming is it is pleasant to look at this artwork because it is cool. Like, talented artists made cool-to-look-at stuff. I mean, again, I think the buy-in for a video game is lower than the buy-in for a movie. Uh, I mean, because, of course, the interactivity. But to go back to our favorite source of disagreement, Mario, 
Mario, as you've always said, is a storyless video game. Ultimately, Mario is like a premise written out on a sen- like a single sentence premise. That's all it, it ever has is. A story in the most basic yeah. definition of right. this and word story. Nobody yeah. gives a shit. Like, nobody <laughs> cares because the loop is very very fun and it and like has you know and designed perfectly. It tells us how important those things are. Uh, but again, I think that there are games like Fallout, which is like the loop isn't that fun, really, but the narrative is so interesting that it, we overlook it. Uh, Hades falls sort of, I would say, like in the right amount of like, you don't have to invest that much to get this story or like it, but it's there for you if you want it. It's like the Quibi, only not a failure of uh, <laughs> video games. Don't Quibi. No one will know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> No, but you know how Quibi was like was like trying to fill this space of like you know you got these extra 10, 15 minutes a day. Here's a thing for that. What if you oh, watched, those likes oh, actually oh, are good for that? What yeah. if you That's watched true. it vertically and you played Hades vertically? That's something right. Quibi has on Hades. Ooh. You can't play. You can't flip your TV sideways Ooh. and play this game the same way. So the, uh, fuck that shit. The, <laughs> the very. <laughs> The very gorgeous map uh, screen, the map of Hades, would yeah, look yeah. good vertically. I kind of, I was like, if I was in college now, oh, that'd be such a good I would poster. absolutely get that poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd the be Hades cool. map. I'd get it that'd now because cool. I'm in my 30s, but I would get it framed so everyone would, people would still fuck me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell like, my Hades posters in a frame. <laughs> but see, that's where I feel like maybe we're having the same conversation in every aspect of our life. Because could you just have a frame on the wall with nothing in it? And it would still be impressive. It's it's avant-garde art, man. It's fucking. But is the frame the thing that really matters? You know what I mean? Like that's the metaphor here. Uh, (laughs) Every frame is a painting. If we're talking about Kubrick again, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) no. So that's the thing that's most interesting to me about Hades is like I do. I don't think it's like an active engagement game like uh, the really detailed narrative games are. Um, and it's not challenging enough to like a dark souls where it's like a meditative sort of like, I have to really be present to play that game. Right. So like dark souls are like all those games that are like that. If you sort of zone out, you're going to get screwed. Like that game requires a sort of present tense attention all the time. And I think that's why they don't spool, like spool out the story for you in a way that you can understand because it's like, no, no, this whole game's about like sort of slowly, you know, putting the puzzle together so that it finally unlocks. That's every aspect of this game. Hades is the opposite. It's, like, very smooth. Yeah. And, you know, like, they know you're going to come back, and then, like, once you've done it enough times, they're like, here's a new thing. Oh, yeah. And that is a new it's thing. built for you to become an old hand at it. Like, yes, exactly. It's structured in such a way that they can, they're like, eventually this will all be second nature to you. So let's streamline that process. There's little details that make it clear that's the, like, they really thought about the end game experience oh, and yeah. how to keep it going for the freaks like me who will <laughs> go hundreds of hours. Uh, I was going to say to the to Adam's point, uh, the dart, like, I, I think, and to your point, Mike, uh, is that. It does. It does reward you with like the continue because the first time I fought Theseus and the Minotaur, I was in Dark Souls mode because like that shit was crazy the first time, and I was laser focused in like, and I was just like, wow, how could I ever beat this? And then you get to a point where you can beat them every time, and then it does become that. And I think that's the interesting disconnect between like like the more times you play Dark Souls, you're not going to even if you're like you know played the game a bunch before, it's not going to get like way easier for you. You know, you're like you're still going to have to laser in that way. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. in Hades 
80s, it's like this thing that was an insurmountable task now is just like, oh, I know how to do this and I can move on. And it really does. It really does. I did not expect to play this game as many times as I did because the replay value really did fucking work for me. It absolutely did. And I think it's because they they had that curve round off real nice and, and smoothly. It's true. But I think Adam's hitting on something super, super like fundamental and interesting about the game doesn't require, yeah, by not requiring your full focus, it that might be go hand in hand with that sort of empty calorie feeling yes. or cell phone game feeling that yes. we're talking about. Like that is the lever and that is the spectrum because literally in it's true of life too, right? Uh, when something is difficult and it required all of your focus and effort you tend to think of it as mattering more having been more important or having been worth doing because it required a lot of you and i feel like hades almost by being so slick and so fun and so easy to pop in and out uh at the end of the day it lives in a different category than even a mario odyssey because even though mario odyssey lacks story some of the platforming challenges are so frustratingly difficult <laughs> that I did have to fully focus or not progress. You know, the yep. penalty is I wouldn't progress. Right. So by forcing me to focus, it literally invites me to think of the game as as realer, as more immersive, as more in-depth, as more like monumental and important. Whereas phone games or any game like Hades designed at least in part to be playable to be quibby like to be like playable at a drop plug and play and then drop it and forget about it and then come back to it man there's something interesting about the the way that that can never fully capture my heart like totally. it'll never be my favorite game of all no, time no, of course not. why would i make two yeah. dots my I, favorite game of all time and i get i you get that I mean? too there's i get that too because like on it. I didn't like feel like to that point it actually just now putting it in that context made me realize what you're talking about is I didn't feel when I got the credits screen in Hades, I didn't feel like I beat a game and was like, wow, that was complete, you know, because of how I'd been lulled into that. I was like, oh, I beat it 10 times and now I got the credits screen. I guess the game, I can keep playing it. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like I had any cathartic, like I finished that game. There was no shuddering catharsis. Yes, no. exactly. It's just, exactly. It's just the smoothest ramp you've ever yep. felt. Yeah. And then I just kind of just disappeared over the edge of it and just like, oh, all right. Well, I mean, again, I, I think a lot of, there is a whole, segment of every piece of entertainment we enjoy that is designed to be this like and it's it's not pleasant right like it's like when we were working at cracked for instance there was a moment where we contemplated okay hey let's make let's do like videos that are just like long conversations that are videos because people want to hear people talk podcast length talks but on youtube so it's got to be a video for it to be on YouTube. So we literally shoot videos that were really supposed to be podcasts. And I hated that. I fucking hated that, right? Just because of the sheer principle, right? Yeah. Of like, make yes. the thing you're making. Right. If it's a podcast, me, make it a podcast. Let me do a yeah. good job. And, you know, God bless the God bless the bosses at Cracked because they let me do all kinds of stuff that I should not have done for that. Just to keep me satisfied. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... There is, I mean, it's a real thing, right? Like, for instance, the reason I like Hades so much is I'm not really listening to it. I'm just sort of playing it, and then, like, you know, I'm listening to a podcast, right? Or a, or mm. I'm, like, you know, I, for instance, I might edit a one-upsmanship while I play Hades. That's a thing I could totally do. You know what I mean? I could listen for, I could listen very intently to something and then just be doing this thing that my mind enjoys the rhythm and challenge of it. You know, and then mm. when it gets too, like, when it gets too divided... I stop. And like I don't want to pretend like that's not a valid form of entertainment or gaming. 
it's valid, right? Just like your comfort mm-hmm. food television, like your Doctor Who or whatever, is is a valid narrative experience, just even though it's not, you know, like your Academy Award winning film for the year. You know, like yeah, I, I your totally. 90 day fiance or <laughs> right. your skin wars. That's right. what I'm watching. Or your, your Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> you <know? laughs> your 20 minute Russian dash cam car crash compilations on YouTube. <laughs> there you go. Those are great. And, the, and I don't want to like float down the river and they just go like, well, we're floating down the river <laughs> now. The initial D I music eat. starts playing. That's what I kind of respect about this game is because like. It very much like I did with those stupid podcast videos. Like it did sort of put effort into the little things that make it engaging and beautiful and likable as a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it didn't really need to. I don't think. I don't think it needed to do that. Uh, it's not Last of Us Two, where if every little frame isn't perfect, ten thousand people are gonna sw- are gonna swarm you on Twitter. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they cared, right? I like that. I like that people cared about this kind of genre, which is ultimately not supposed to be memorable. It's supposed to be enjoyable in a transitory way, and I like that about this game. Me too. I think it's interesting, though. Like that, elevated the genre. Yeah, yeah. It, did, it did elevate. That's what I was thinking. It was like because I, I got like I had that same thing. The only time I'd really gotten to roguelikes before was for that exact thing of what do I play while I catch up on podcasts? Like we were talking about Adam, but it's like with mm-hmm. Hades, I was like, oh, it's that it's that same energy, but. I don't know. It looks like it seems like they cared a little more this time, and they they, yeah. they really they really put some some more heart into it than just like the mechanics of what the the genre is. And that shows because we are very cynical about mobile games. Like mobile right. games feel very like like the grossest websites. You know what I mean? Like right. just like ugh. And I like that Hades is like no no we're not gonna have any of the garbage that makes mobile games feel skeezy and like stealing. No, from just you. the opposite. Yeah. we are joyous and we're art artists and you can see the craftsmanship on display it's all very like refined top tier shit it's just in it's just coming to you and it reminds me actually of uh, i've been hearing similar talk around genshin impact which is this free-to-play triple a game that's uh had bears some resemblance to breath of the wild and it's like because it's free to play with microtransactions you would you don't want to like it and you assume it's some kind of hollow cash grab and yet everyone's like i'm suspicious about how much i'm enjoying it and how well put together it seems to be (laughs) and i think hades is also that where it's it's a standout in a genre that i'm suspicious of even though as adam made sure to flag several times a lot of roguelikes have snagged me um i still find the genre weirdly because at the end of the day i'm a story guy roguelike is not the genre i would proudly list on my list of these are the gaming genres i'm most into uh it's like oh yeah roguelikes they're good for killing time and then i look at my log and i'm like oh i guess i like roguelikes because i played a ton of them (laughs) but when you're when you're playing them are you watching an episode of the simpsons are you? Yeah, I'm are doing you something pre- else. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what. That's I'm what it is. From hooks in my back, you know the stuff I do. Right. Home, but see, the nice getting thing getting paid Hades by is, my day job. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, being suspended. Yeah, I love that <laughs> idea. Uh, uh, the nice thing about Hades, it's like some Academy Award winning screenwriter went and wrote a season of Big Bang Theory. You know what I mean? It's. I think Degrassi was the right reference. I gotta be honest. <laughs> 
Who's yeah. the Drake? I, I Who's know. the Drake? I, I, <laughs> I really like also just briefly because uh, I I think we're Patroclus. We're, <laughs> sorry, go on. Uh, I I also just briefly like the fact that uh, that this game sort of proves that the genre of roguelike is not just nostalgia driven. Like it's not just mobile phone yes. addiction, and it's not just nostalgia. It's like it is a, its own sort oh, of. Oh, because even Gungeon is like sixteen bit yes. throwback. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Most of those games are. Hades is sort of like no, no, no. This can be done in a modern way, and sort of proves that this game, like this game loop, has life in it. That is not a just... fully featured. Yeah, it feels yeah. like a fully featured twenty twenty game. Yeah, correct. I I think that's interesting. I think that's what one of the best accomplishments about the game. Quite honestly, yeah, I honestly feel Did like you almost. Like Pyre? Uh, Anyone play Pyre? Eh, I haven't played Pyre. The only other super giant game I've played is Bastion. Uh, when that came out, and that game, I love that game, but I haven't played any of their other ones. Oh, dude, if you love that, you got to try Transistor because it's the most similar to Bastion oh, nice. that they've done, and it's excellent. Yeah. Hell yeah, I have not played Transistor. I got to check that. Can out. we briefly talk about that boss fight? Because in the from the Twitter sphere and like when Hades was being buzzed about. Everyone had an opinion about the Theseus Minotaur fight. <laughs> I enjoy the Theseus Minotaur yeah, me too. fight. Uh, so the question is, what's your relationship to the Theseus Minotaur <laughs> fight? And uh, who do you kill first, Theseus or the Minotaur? Minotaur. Minotaur, and I enjoy yeah. the fight because Theseus is hilarious and he's just subjugated yep. this Minotaur. <laughs> <laughs> You've hurt my yeah. friend, the Minotaur. <laughs> it's just like, I love it. I think it's great now that, now that I can beat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was hard for a good hour and a half at least. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe more. Yeah, I, I mean, the Minotaur is the thing that's sort of constantly coming at you, so it's much easier to kill that first. And I know, and yet I saw a lot of strategy guides saying to go Theseus first, but I completely disagree. I'm with you guys. On, Minotaur first, on always. Al on almost every playthrough, uh, no matter what weapon I had or what my goal was, I always had Athena's dash on because that's my favorite dash, which is the reflect Ooh. dash. And that yeah, means yeah. that anytime, all I had to do is focus on the Minotaur and just when he'd throw the spear at me, I'd just dash it back at him. And I wouldn't even think about him until I killed the Minotaur. So that was always my move. Mm. Yeah, learning like which dash combinations you like is really important to being successful in this game. Yeah, I didn't the dash expect is, like a really important piece. Of yeah, this. I didn't expect that when I first started playing it. And that's what they they gave them. They did themselves a great favor design wise by giving themselves lots of different levers and handles. Like the idea that you also have a cast, and the cast can either be self regenerating or a pick up and reload system. They gave themselves so many toggles that changed so mm -hmm. many aspects of how you interact with the toy. It's truly delightful. And yeah, you, you definitely, it's fun in almost a stats crunching way to have played long enough to talk to other Hades players and be like, oh yeah, I have a real predilection for Zeus boons because I like <laughs> the, you know, the chaining thing. That's the kind of dash I really always go for. Yeah. I'm big on Poseidon shit. I love yep. pushing people around. Poseidon shield Zeus combo. Uh, Poseidon, Poseidon shield combo, also known as the Steve Rogers. You put it on the throw, you just fucking bounce it on <laughs> yeah. everybody. It's great. <laughs> I, I oh do yeah, because not... the game gives you big wall smash bonuses of yeah. people smashing oh, yeah. the wall. Oh yeah. I do not, I do not stand Aphrodite 
uh, power ups. I, she, it doesn't. None of weak, them really did it for me. Not that interested in weak. No. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, was, maybe some love, passives. But I that's find, it. I find doom effects and hangover effects the most fun. Yeah. Most satisfying. Yeah. 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 I also uh, love I the shit out of Skelly. <laughs> oh sure. Your faithful. Your faithful test. Test skeleton. Yeah. Hey, boy! Oh, you want to uh, fuck me up? We're one out for Skelly. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good Skelly. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Are you yeah. one of the Animaniacs? I am. I am. <laughs> I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna, <laughs> follow, I'm gonna you. follow you out of context. Great sentences. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I should... wonder because I also have not completed the story. Like as I said, they still say new stuff. Right. It can't be infinite, can it? <laughs> there has to no, be a no, limit I, to how much I, stuff they say. I also think that the game has a lot of, like, just sort of palace intrigue bullshit that's yes. not actually emotionally meaningful. So I, I highly doubt you're still getting emotionally meaningful stuff. But, like, I don't know, man. Maybe at the end you find out who knows what, you know? But I do. I'm I'm itching to earn that achievement. Like, that's all we can say and that's we all, can say folks. no more whatever <laughs> i want something to pop up that's like you did You're it done. the story Get is complete <laughs> Go home. because it does like like we pointed out it, as a story it has more the vibe of a show than a movie yeah yeah so i'm wondering what the finale is or if it just peters out like it's, what is actually the end of the story here? they start playing journey and the screen goes black you know how you know what happens <laughs> you know that weird guy comes out of the bathroom you know you never saw him coming that's what happens. Sagrius puts a fist in the air, freeze frame, we're out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of closing time, it's probably about time to play our last section, don't you think? To do our last segment? I suppose. Mm. So that means we uh, <laughs> we gathered whatever kind of mystery, fantasy, awful satyrs subsist on in a filthy sack, and we convinced our dog to let us commit patricide. <laughs> By the way, quick side note, were, sure. you, were you guys worried that you were going to have to kill Cerebus when you first got to him, I was Cerberus? I was very like, I don't want to kill the puppy. I don't want to kill the puppy. Yeah, mildly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what I still haven't done is beat Charon two times in a row. Have you guys fought Charon? I fought him, and he fucked my shit up, uh, and I haven't fought him since. Yeah, he's, he's like the ruby weapon of this game. He's great. Just because you try to take $300 from him. It's <laughs> like... What a petty bastard. Yeah. You've given him so much money and you try to take Bef- 300. He's like, oh, I want to kill you now. <laughs> That's true. I never thought of the fact that you've given him hundreds of thousands of obols or whatever. Yeah. Um, but Adam, I think I know where you were headed with this, right? I was, we're uh, gonna I was headed keep to Keeper Delete. Delete. Yeah, I was headed to yeah. Keeper Delete. Let's do it. Uh, this is the part of the show where we decide whether this game belongs in the Pantheon, much like the gods to which it represents. Uh, of games that we would shoot out into space for aliens to play or that we offer to God in atonement for our sins, or who knows? But, you know, about 100 or 200 games, we think. Uh, Does this game belong on that celestial hard drive? Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, 
even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first? Learn more at westmonroe.com. Kevin, what do you think? Depends on how big your uh, you know SD card is on your Switch, but if you're like me and you got a big old honking 128 gigabyte one, then yeah, for sure. It doesn't take up that much space, and it's a game that's, you know, if you want to play that game, uh, knowing exactly what you're going to get, you could uh, pop it in any time. I think it's something I would keep on my hard drive more than like a long, you know, story-driven game that takes up more space that I've already beat, you know, because you can't really just mm. jump in for an hour Ooh. for that. So I would keep it on there. But again, if you know, if you got to clear out some space to put on like, I don't know, bug snacks or something, you do what you got to do. <laughs> Incoming you know, Kevin, bug snacks episode. I love that. A lot of our most savvy guests point out uh, the arbitrary size limitation as a flaw in the design of that segment concept. And they're right to do so. <laughs> but uh, there's no, we haven't decided. I don't know. If the hard drive could hold infinite games, would that change your answer? I guess you'd still keep it. I mean, you would never delete it wouldn't be a question. Why, why would you bother deleting anything? <laughs> right. No, no I- really? Okay, because I'm always imagining you're presenting these games to some deity or oh, alien sure, force sure. that's... Okay. So it's like, I right. wouldn't keep garbage just because there's room. Sure. I want right. to present a delicious tasting menu of games. What I know? would do right. with my specific Switch, if I was uh, presenting it to the interstellar uh, uh, beings above us in terms of you know mm-hmm. evolution and whatnot, I would probably delete <laughs> Binding, of, Binding of Isaac and Enter the Gungeon off my Switch and then give them it with Hades on there. That's what I would do. Yeah. I'd be like, this is the that only roguelike, this is the only roguelike yeah. you need to know. <laughs> yes, I think that's a perfect summary of where this game fits. I also would keep it uh, on whatever size hard drive this is. I do not concede that this uh, that this concept is flawed. By the way, I will not <laughs> concede that uh, <laughs> at all. Uh, but I would keep this because I do think roguelike matters as a genre, and it's going to matter more in ten years than it does now. 
and definitely Hades uh, is a stand is I think the best standout entry I've seen uh, in this genre. And also, you do need indie experiences, and it is a fun sort of representation of uh, culture, sort of like culture, like this this time in American and sort of I guess European culture. And also, games just, are also pretty obsessed with Greek mythology. Yeah, right well, now there's a reason for, for that, reason. right? I, I mean, that's stuff we were all raised with as kids, and things. Right. I, I think that is interesting. You know, um, that's that that matters too. So I would keep it. Well, something <laughs> is broken in me because I would delete it, and wow. it's a game that's given me three hundred hours of unmitigated <laughs> joy. But I would delete it. So something I don't know why. I think I, I'm just broken inside. I'm ashamed to like roguelikes so much, and wow. if someone out okay. there can fix that for me write to me and explain why it's okay to take joy in roguelikes. It, it's, I have a philosophical stance that the story is not center stage enough for it to be kept. That's amazing. <laughs> so just briefly, there's a mobile game will never get on this hard drive for you. For me, I don't Like It's hard so. to see how it would. Yeah. And I'm act, this is actually kind of a vote of confidence also in the genre because I think now that I've seen... Honestly, Bastion, or I'm sorry, uh, Supergiant have opened my eyes as far as like, here's where I'm at with roguelikes. If roguelikes can do this, I bet they can do even more. Mm -hmm. Now I'm waiting. Now, now you because believe, Hades, yeah. But I want to give Hades all due credit for like raising the bar and making me believe that I may someday play a roguelike that gives me that shuddering catharsis at the end. And that's the one I'm I'm betting on and I'm going to keep. Wow, fascinating. So, yeah. so what about like, so... I mean, okay, we'll we'll do another episode on this, but Pokemon Go is a mobile game that I think deserves consideration <laughs> for the on the canon just because of its unique ideas. Uh, is, what are we talking about ARGs now? What is this? This has nothing to do with our <laughs> with the episode. No, Pokemon Go. What about Pokemon Go? It's, Why do you bring a Pokemon I, Go at this late juncture? Thank you for <laughs> thank you for jumping on me before I can explain it. I'm saying that's a mobile game. Right, like, and it's and it's oh, not really a story sure. game, uh, but wouldn't you agree that at least deserves consideration? I gotta believe there's gonna be a better ARG in the near future. Interesting, don't you think? I'm not sure. I, I I'm not sure. Like, Pokemon's well, another thing in general that deserves its own conversation. Pokemon Go is quite a technical accomplishment. Yeah, I'll give you that. And it's important Very for innovative. gaming because you have all these people who would never play a video game that are out there with their I phones. Know. You know, I just came of age too early, so Pokemon don't matter to oh, me. Oh, I hate but that's Pokemon. That's my problem. I think yeah. Pokemon's <laughs> really dumb, real dumb. Well, I have to, uh, I have to go, you guys. You know, I'm sorry. This is, yeah, I'm a, <laughs> right. You guys have insulted me so many times with this podcast, and that's the last. <laughs> oh, straw. really? No, no. Are you a Pokemon? <laughs> I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a pokeboy. I'm a bit of a pokeboy. I didn't yeah. know that. You're a pokeboy. I'm a bit oh. of a pokeboy. I, I don't know. know I actually don't have any uh, real like strong feelings either way though. Y'all can shit talk it. It's cool. It's probably not as good as Bug Snacks. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I, I love to keep bringing up Bug Snacks. I bought uh, I bought Pokemon Sword hoping that I could talk Mike into buying one of them, and that we would talk about it on this podcast. He fucking hates he he hates Pokemon. He wow. like hates it violently. Wow. Correct me if I'm wrong. Remember, you hate you hate Pokemon, right? Hate it. 
I think it's pretty saccharine pablum bullshit to yeah. brainwash the kids. Yeah, yeah I kind of hate uh, it. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't understand. Hate, yeah. I think it's pretty mindless. <laughs> he doesn't understand. <laughs> the thing is, Mike. I'm no, I watched a lot of the show and I watched yeah. all the movies. I well, watched well, that movie. Well, that's where on Mewtwo you. That's not what I'm talking about. about. <laughs> the movies are fucking horrible. Horrible. The, the, thing you don't horrible. Un- the thing you don't understand, Mike, is that you have to catch them all. <laughs> Yeah, you haven't really had fun until you have all of them. That's the thing. Hey, I'll yeah. really do you a favor. If you haven't seen the viral video of the guy pretending to be Donald Trump talking about how you oh have to catch God. all the Pokemon to yeah. finish Pokemon. Oh, James Austin Johnson. Uh, James a Austin Johnson. Deal. Our friend, our yeah, friend yeah. Jadge. It's a terrible deal. There's the, the and he talks about the original, it's the original number. Deal. Yeah. Oh my God, so good. Anyway, Pikachu's I, having I, babies. <laughs> I just bring it up because I do think that I'm I'm not a big mobile gamer. It's really just a time waster for me that I do between things. But I think I zero. I never play mobile game. There's no games on my phone. But I think I to really acknowledge the medium for what it is. Uh, you do have to embrace the reality that mobile games are the way most people play video games now. Most people play mobile games. Um, I think most of those games are garbage, just like I think most entertainment is ultimately not high art and not worth consideration. But but the format still has to have something to offer is my contention. I don't know when we're going to solve that problem, but at some point we'll have to. Why did I delete it? What a bad <laughs> I know. Man yeah, I see, this is what happened. Now you had to talk about Pokemon. You see what you did? I regret it. Yeah, you see All right, next episode we'll do Pokemon Sword. <laughs> oh, ooh, with the are you third play that host, game? with the third official host of the One Ups podcast, Kevin <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> That's right, Kevin Anderson appearing for free from now until yep. the end of time. Just on this so you can, you can tell us what that stupid ass duck with a with a reed is. What's the oh, duck with a reed? Sounds like Sir Fetched or Far Fetched. No, far Fetched or Sir Fetched, depending on you know which Far Fetched is the name of a, a duck with a stick. Okay. Like, I didn't say they all had stupid. good names. <laughs> stupid. What a stupid monster. <laughs> I'm mostly doing this because I love being a heel, and if I can be a heel by liking oh, Pokemon, it's great. Yeah. I love it. I No, I just think that makes you reasonable. <laughs> yeah. uh, mo- like, because Mike and I are just old bastards when it comes to Pokemon. Like, sure. just get no, off I my get lawn, it. Pikachu. It's- it's how I it's how I feel about TikTok in general. I get it. I'm just like I can't. I don't know. People are doing Fleetwood Mac. What do you want from me? I can't. Yeah, I can't do. I've, I can't give to you what you need. <laughs> I fucking love that first guy with the Fleetwood Mac. I mean, though. he's great. I loved that. He's great with the cranberry juice. That the guy was awesome. Guy? Yeah, we stand. We stand. That guy was a hero. That was an American hero. That guy <laughs> loved him. Loved him. Love them. What are we talking about? I don't even know. I don't know when, <laughs> this, has this episode been over? I, maybe. It feels Probably. like it's over. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop recording. I'm going to stop recording now. Oh, I don't even get to plug? Jesus. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Fuck me. Uh, I'm rolling. Did you stop? I, no, I did not stop. No, no. So good, this good, is good. all going to be in the episode, I guess. Oh, great. Uh, Wonderful. Kevin, thanks so much for being on the What Ups With Shit podcast. Yeah, it's great to be here. Oh, yeah, here. that's heartfelt. You can tell that's real. <laughs> Why not, just let me do some editing, for God's sake. 
where can people, uh, you know the deal. Oh, sure. Uh, well, if people are interested in hearing more of my dumb bullshit, uh, they could go listen to Bleak and Review. It's a podcast I host. It comes out every Friday on the Unpopular Opinion Podcast Network. Perhaps there has been some overlap on this network. I believe there has. Uh, and also, Ooh, uh, people can find me on Twitter and all that stuff at KB Anderson Yo for other things about what I'm doing. And thanks for having me, guys. Man, you were Absolutely. great. Great having you. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going strong through quarantine. Bleak and yeah. review. Excellent show. Check it out. Hell yeah. Uh, Mike, anything, any news that the people need to know about? Um,. I hope no one from Supergiant ever listens to this episode because they'll get the wrong idea about what I think about their games. Yeah, I mean, he does have a shrine in his bedroom to Supergiant, so, you know, he's just trying to throw you off the and, scent. And, you know, it's, it's, hard to, uh, it's hard to elucidate in the podcast format how cool the art really is if you haven't seen it. It's very sure. vibrant. It just looks great. That. It's very good looking. That. Anyway, yeah. you, can, you can find this podcast in the Small Beans Network. You're already here. You already know about that. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at the Real Gans. He's I'm at Swaim underscore Corp. And uh, thanks so much for listening. Adios. I just want to get that in because I think that got cut the first time. <laughs> Work complete. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order. Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first? Learn more at westmonroe.com.